It is an agenda-setting week for 2022, and the World Economic Forum says it is a time for talentism, with companies aiming to recruit young talent by meeting their standards for ethics, governance, and action on climate. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio content. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, it's a big week for meetings. In particular, the World Economic Forum holds its Davos agenda. This is the online gathering replacing the in-person meeting that was to be in in Davos, uh, the Swiss resort. Um, It's been postponed for the reasons of Omicron. Um, Hopefully, it'll be an in-person meeting in the spring or summer, the forum says. Uh, But I managed to catch up with the uh, forum's president, Borger Brenda, to talk about what this week will be about. And he came up with uh, a very interesting uh, point about talentism, which is something the forum has discussed, um, which is about companies, employers looking to recruit young talent and how young talent's expectations for a number of important issues, whether it's action on climate or ethics or governance, corruption, other things must be met for them to choose to work for the employer. So this is something that will define the decade, according to Mr. Brenda. So uh, let's listen to that interview now. It's a pivotal week for setting the agenda, if you like, for 2022. So, I mean, I want to talk about a little bit about the practicalities of hosting this event, but maybe we can start with what you think are some of the key issues that are going to be discussed over the next few days. So with the cost we have with uh, several heads of states and governments, also some of the key economic uh, players in the world, I strongly believe that uh, the geopolitical situation and uh, the polarization we're faced with uh, will be one topic. I think also another one that will be incredibly important is how do we know a sustained inclusive economic growth because we're not out of the woods yet when it comes to the pandemic. And we are also seeing increasing debt. We're also seeing increasing inflation and also supply chain uh, challenges. And maybe thirdly, this decoupling of economic growth and uh, climate um, challenges and the CO2 emissions. Well, the, the World Economic Forum has been introducing a number of, of ideas. I mean, truthfully, they're evolutions of of concepts that, um, for example, your founder, Professor Klaus Schwab, has been working on for decades. But the idea of um, there being you know, a, a lot of disruption uh, because of the pandemic, that this is both obviously a risk, but, but an opportunity, that uh, you know, real stakeholder capitalism, there's a chance to, re, to reorganize globalization, essentially, to achieve those aims. I mean, this week, do you, do you expect that to, to take on its, its natural extension from conversations in, in the last 18 months? Indeed. And uh, we also will, during this uh, Davos agenda, uh, discuss uh, stakeholder capitalism. We'll also discuss uh, the so-called ESGs, these environmental, social, uh, and governance standards that more and more companies are now implementing. And I think we have seen during this pandemic that uh, if you really want to get something done, you also have to uh, make it into public-private partnerships. Look at the vaccines that we developed in less than a year, and this had not been possible 
uh, without this unique cooperation between governments and all the pharmaceuticals and the private uh, sector. Uh, we know from the past that developing vaccines can take more than a decade. And here we have many vaccines that are effective against um, also uh, COVID-19. I mean, for those who may be not that familiar with the forum, um, or maybe have just heard Davos, it's a meeting in the in the Alps uh, in Switzerland. But the the fact is, is that for there's a track record of bringing together the private and the public sector uh, it, very effectively. Um, and and I think people have maybe seen because you mentioned the vaccines, Borga. Uh, you know, people have seen real cooperation on that front. Perhaps not full efficiency, not full equality of access, but certainly. I don't think any of us would have anticipated the kind of level of success we've had. But the, the World Economic Forum has kind of been doing that for, for years. With I mean, for example, the Gavi Alliance is, is kind of the brainchild of, of the World Economic Forum, wasn't it? No, thank you for mentioning this. And it's so true. The World Economic Forum uh, in 2015 became the international organization also formally uh, for uh, public-private partnerships. So this has been in our DNA uh, since the 70s, that we will have to also mobilize uh, the private sector if we want something really done. And one of the good examples of this um, is, of course, the whole vaccination initiative that was launched in Davos many years ago, Gavi, that has uh, inoculated uh, millions of millions of children around the world, the Global Fund, but also CEPI, uh, this uh, new institution that was initiated a few years ago that are set up uh, to really, really develop new vaccines as a response uh, to new diseases or with pandemics. That was a result of the Ebola crisis that we saw. And we got even uh, vaccines against uh, Ebola. I, and I think when, when Professor Schwab was in uh, Dubai uh, last year, I, w I was in a, listening to him. He was briefing some of us about what the plans were. This is before Davos was 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 changed to an online event at this time, um, and he was very keen to highlight the the track record of, of achievements of action, such as what you've been describing. And and to a certain extent, you know, there are people from a distance who might say, "Oh, all the the forum does is it just gathers people to talk, and nothing nothing gets done." But he was he was really on message with that to say this wasn't the case, and that in twenty twenty two. He expected, you know, sort of big accomplishments. And I wonder, having to start the, the year in an online format, does that change the ambition? Does it change the scale of the ambition? Our ambition is uh, clearly there. And as you mentioned, Professor Schwab has, during decades, been an advocate for companies taking more than their responsibility uh, towards their shareholders. Uh, it's a responsibility towards uh, the employee, but also society at large. No company can in the 21st century uh, just operate uh, with uh, a narrow mind. It's also uh, the decade of talentism, how to recruit young and talented people uh, if you're not complying to the highest standards when it comes to um, social standards, when it comes to the environment, anti-corruption work and all this. So what I see now is that for the Davos Agenda Week uh, that uh, is happening this week, uh, it is really uh, a lot of curtain raisers also towards our physical meeting that hopefully will happen uh, in late spring, um, early summer 
in Davos. But what we have seen is that we have been walking the talk uh, also in the run-up uh, to this Davos uh, agenda weekend. To make it uh, maybe uh, less abstract and more concrete, what we did at Glasgow at the COP26, um, the World Economic Forum initiated together with the State Department and the Secretary Kerry, this uh, big new initiative among the leading companies of the world, the big purchasers of the world, like the Amazons, Apples of the world. And we initiated this first movers coalition. That's a coalition where the purchasers commit to then green their supplies um, line. Uh, and uh, it also implies that uh, when they buy uh, from their suppliers, they will say that you have to reduce uh, the CO2 and greenhouse uh, gas footprint of your production if you're going to continue to buy what you're producing. And this was a big success. We're continuing this discussion with Secretary Kerry, uh, with Bill Gates, and also with key other players uh, this week. So these are some of the examples of how we want to really, really push the envelope. What's the, what do you think is the the secret source behind persuading, um, you know, these huge companies and their leaders to, uh, to 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 kind of push ahead with these initiatives? When I think you know, it's fair to say that governments have struggled to convince um, you know these businesses to take the same steps. Yet here we have them saying they'll do it. Uh, I mean, is it a matter of of persuasion, or or, or is it the, the you know the environment in which these discussions happen? I think many CEOs also feel very committed uh, to combine uh, making a profitable business with uh, putting uh, gender equality, putting anti-corruption work, uh, putting biodiversity, uh, climate, and more inclusive uh, growth, uh, putting skills at the top of the agenda. I think that's a way of also showing that uh, business takes a broader responsibility. But what our... Um, reports have shown also during the last decades is those companies that are good at uh, also implementing and using new technology, for example, uh, in uh, the best interests of humankind are also more profitable companies. That's coming back to my point about talentism. Um, a company is not doing better than uh, the talent a company can recruit. And uh, we have seen that the most brilliant uh, people would like, of course, to work with those companies where uh, you also uh, pay back to society. Everyone would like to use um, their knowledge and competence uh, for improving the state of the world. And um, so it's good for business, but it's then also good for the planet. Not the, so it's a win-win situation. So I, I guess it's a, it's a matter of, of, of showing where their interest lies and their interest lies in this direction. Um, but but I wonder also if it's you know given that the the forum itself um, doesn't come across as you know adversarial in any way. I mean, you're not trying to get taxes out of them. There's there's not that that kind of um, you know zero sum game going on. That you can have um, conversations that could actually be more productive. It's it's and it's it's rarely in the gaze of of, of the public spotlight. Correct. That's true. Uh, and I think one of the strengths of the forum is also that we're a neutral and an impartial platform. There is enough confrontations uh, in the world. And we believe 
that even in a world where we see big powers are struggling, uh, cooperating, we see challenges uh, in the heart of Europe. We also see challenges uh, in Asia and between the G2, uh, China and the US. There are areas where there's still uh, great possibilities for cooperation. So we would like to look at it as... um, not as a uh, glass half empty, but as a glass half full. Uh, and we saw it also at uh, COP26 in Glasgow, where in the last moment of the conference, Secretary Kerry sat down with Special Climate Envoy Minister Xie from China, and they agreed on the text. And we have been moving forward. Before Paris, uh, we were on the track for a four degrees uh, increase of our planet. Uh, After Paris, we were on track for three degrees. After Glasgow, we are on track of uh, two degrees and still 1.5 degrees zero uh, Celsius is uh, still an uh, option if we get things uh, together. So that's what we are all about, trying to get also um, companies, uh, civil society and governments together and collaborate and find even in this polarized world, areas where we can collaborate because global challenges need global uh, answers and response. And, and it needs agility and it needs the ability to be flexible, um, you know, to move with, with, with you know, events and, and how things are going. And very much the pandemic has taught us that we can't take anything for granted. And I, I wonder specifically about the forum, maybe we can conclude on on this point, it's the, it's going to be the second year um, in a row in which the um, annual meeting is not being held in in, in the town of Davos. Um, it's going to be online. It's it, hopefully you'll have the your a proper in person meeting in the summer. But what what's that like for your organization? You had hoped until recently that you could go ahead with your in person meeting. How how do you deal with that? How do you how do you move forward and make it into uh, an opportunity, if you like, and not a challenge? If you excuse the cliche. So uh, we were disappointed for a couple of days and then we just decided to roll up our sleeves and uh, we put on this uh, Davos uh, Agenda uh, Week uh, with uh, more than 2,000 participants, 30 sessions, uh, 12 special addresses by head of state and governments, international organizations. We'll have uh, President Xi from China. We will have President um, also from uh, Indonesia. We'll have Secretary General of the UN. And I'm very also excited that we are able to have uh, the two first uh, like global messages from the new Chancellor of uh, Germany, uh, Olaf Schulz, and Prime Minister Kishida uh, from Japan. And we should not forget that these are the third and fourth largest economies um, in the world. So we decided that we were going to put the week on and we decided that we're going to try um, to also have a physical Davos uh, late uh, spring, early summer. But what we have seen during these two years when we have had to run also the World Economic Forum more as uh, digital events and digital meetings is that we have got more partners uh, than before and we've got a lot of things done also in um, that context. But of course, as everyone else, we do hope that we are now seeing uh, the beginning of the end of this pandemic, that uh, COVID is going from a pandemic to be uh, more endemic. And then we, of course, will resume uh, also with more physical 
um, uh, elements and meetings uh, in the future. But I'm sure that we will never go back to only physical. I think also this COVID has shown us that a lot of things can also be done very effectively uh, in a digital way. Olga Brenda, thank you so much and best of luck for this week. Thank you so much. That's it for today. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison, Aisha Khan. Please do join us again next time.